0: Most manhunts make national, if not global, headlines. An unstoppable killer, armed, dangerous, and a threat to national security. Doors become locked, windows become boarded, and governments utilize every available resource until their fugitive is brought to justice. Quote. You've mentioned me in your manifesto, so thank you for your kind words. I am urging you to call me. Let's figure out together how to end this thing." End quote. Celebrity Charlie Sheen urging tonight's killer to turn himself in and to stop his rampage. There has been nothing quite like the case of Christopher Dorner, former decorated LAPD officer, distinguished Navy officer, disgruntled whistleblower that decided to go out in a blaze of glory spiraling downward, killing anyone who stood in his path, especially those associated with the infamous LAPD. Many claimed that Christopher Dorner was a hero, a martyr for truth. Many claimed that Christopher Dorner is still alive, a rabbit hole connecting a large-scale law enforcement cover-up. What we do know is that an exhaustive manhunt ensued and ended on Big Bear Mountain that started with the fire and ended with the blaze. We also know that the LAPD relentlessly. Hunted this cop killer, Christopher Dorner. Wanted dead are dead.
1: Well, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Yes, everything came out pretty good except for my gravy. Oh, and you—the gravy is your favorite yes. part.
2: <laughs> and I, think, oh, I no. think I think what happened was I. I don't know how my dad usually brines the turkey, so I got a brine kit, and yep. I used that
1: so it had a different flavor profile to it, and I don't think I rinsed it off enough of the bird. Because you felt like it was salty? That, that's what happened to mom last year. She's like, I tried to brine for the first time, and she said it came out way too salty
2: yeah like the the bird was good it was nice and moist and it was smoky because i did it on my grill yeah yeah on the charcoal grill and um that that was good i had never done it on the charcoal grill before yeah. we usually you know use the grill at yeah. home but the propane and so um i was really upset about my <laughs> my gravy because like it just affected the taste of it and yeah. i i washed some of it off but then i like put the seasoning back on because i was like oh this seasoning will be good on top of the turkey not thinking this has been sitting in it for 24 hours right, so, right right, right. but i mean overall i think it came out pretty good i was pretty pleased with myself
0: we are doing youtube right now guys so um go to talk don't Mur- oh.
1: Or- oh, yeah. <laughs> always go to the wrong camera <laughs> dang it
0: so go to yeah, right, um, youtube.com and type in talk murder and you can see this episode that we're filming right now, and you can follow along with us there. Also, I put all my sources, videos, and photos on TalkMurder.com. So go there. You'll see this story uh, front and center there, and you can follow along that way. So either way, welcome.
1: And we have a special observer with us tonight. My mom's here! so my
0: stepmom is here nope huh
1: no it's not stepmom
0: oh my mother-in-law is here
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's like yeah that's right So oh, too funny would and you she... like
0: to say something for the people listening
1: i am so excited no, yes. she can't wait for the surprise shot yeah. Yeah. yeah she's so excited well
2: we won't let you make you wait any longer how's
1: that
2: yeah <laughs> Surprise shots, surprise shots. We don't know what they are, cause they're a
1: surprise. Cheers. Cheers, mom. Cheers. Cheers. I don't think I've ever taken a shot with you in my life. There's a first for everything. Here you go. <sighs> Down the hatch. Oh, tequila. tequila. It was all the same. We all had the same <laughs> shot. Oh. What was the, t- what, 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 what's the name of it? El Padrino. El Padrino Tequila.
0: So I got a couple emails in real quick. This is my plug. Nicole and I are doing a um, podcaster course for the new year. We're going to help people one-on-one launch their own podcast and our learn how to narrate ACXAudible.com mm-hmm. books. Ooh. And there's a lot of money in that. Nicole's made quite a bit of money doing that. She has plenty of books out right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can ma- listen
1: to my cool soothing voice i'm telling you you should do a nighttime app. that's a great idea i gotta we gotta look into that and see if we can offer that for the course too What, like calm app you know um, and they read stories i mean it's mostly celebrities but i'm like a moderate low-key celebrity by now right
0: yeah so <laughs> sure. if you guys want to learn how to do that it's great income uh podcasting is really picking up as far as the advertisers are paying more and more so now's the time to get into it and It's not going to be a training course like all the other guys have. We're literally going to take you by the hand. That's why we're only doing 10 people. And we're going to walk you step by step. And you're going to launch the perfect podcast that you're Mm -hmm. going to be proud of. And at the end of the day, if you decide you don't want to do podcasting or narration, that's fine. But as long as you have something that you're really proud of put out. That's all we care about. So go to propodcaster.com. I have a simple form there and you can fill out um, a couple good ideas came in from Annie sent us a a really good idea. She wants to do a podcast, Ashley and Kate. I got you guys. I'm going to send you an email this week and we'll get started right away. So, and that is for podcasting and audible.com narrations. So we've done it all and we're going to help you do it too. And that's my plug. Anyway, I want to ask a question. Has anybody heard of Chris Dorner? I, the name sounds familiar, but I can't place it.
1: No, not at all.
0: So tonight the hint is Blue Line. So we are tell drinking us a drink and the, then tell us where are we going and who are we killing?
1: We are drinking the Blue Line and it is um, vodka, triple sec, and some a couple drops of Blue Curacao.
2: So
0: like a margarita, but not... With, it's with thoughts. It's really good. Did you make your mama one?
1: No, mm. she did not want it. I spilled on myself. It's okay. It's like, you, you got the blue only on the, the navy, so it's perfect.
0: Well, so Nicole, the hint is blue line, almost a thin blue line. Mm. The hint is blue Isn't line. Is that a
1: police thing? Blue line is pol- blue line a police thing. Well, I don't know. But where <clears> are
0: we going and who are we killing tonight?
1: I think we're going down south tonight. I think we're going to Alabama. Abelama, yeah, Abelama. <laughs> I can couldn't even repeat that. Uh, and I think, I think it's a police story. And I, uh, um, I think this is a cop killer story. Ooh.
0: Oh yeah, like the Rudolph story that we did in Chester. It was Chester, Massachusetts? Do, Renee, no, do you remember the? um Not what's that his name, one. Tim Rudolph? I think that killed. Uh,
1: not he, the one who killed the cop. Oh, Okay, but oh, I mean, uh, sorry, I mean a pol- police officer who is a killer, like oh, a okay. Joseph D'Angelo. Yeah, that was a good, <laughs> good distinction. So an
0: ex police officer that's a killer. That a is a, okay. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, I think we're going to Boston, and mm-hmm. it's a subway.
0: Like a restaurant, the one you used to work at?
2: Oh, no. oh like a T. You're yeah, like referencing the, tea. the tea. T. Because tea. you used
0: to work at a subway. I
2: did used to work at subway. Yeah. And you, it was my first you job. You
0: drove a PT Cruiser, I too. did. It was
2: orange. I was An just orange there. convertible PT Cruiser? <laughs> was it convertible? It's No, it wasn't a convertible. It's it's funny that he remembers like these odd facts about me well, that had nothing the, to that's do. That's the
0: two, two things that I would, ne- I would never date a girl that drives a PT Cruiser and or is a cosmetologist. Because they're all crazy. besides you. So but I'm not a cosmetologist. <laughs> and or is what oh. I said.
2: But like he <laughs> but remembers it was your grandma's those, car, right? It was. Yeah. And, so um, your grandmother was crazy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's I was gonna say it's funny he remembers like those very unique facts about me, but he like doesn't remember my birthday. He, yes, I
0: do, September twenty first. Nope. S- November 2nd. No, just, See, just
1: the thing stop. is, he does actually know it. Yeah, I do.
0: July 17th. No.
1: Fuck. Stop being a jerk. You know it.
0: I know. I'm just messing with you. Tonight, we're going to Sunday, February 3rd, 2013. Because no one listening now has heard the story, because no other podcast has covered this story, when you hear this, you should really think about why they haven't heard the story and why I haven't heard this story, because...
1: Is a conspiracy story?
0: Kind of, yes. Mm-hmm. But it was the one of the largest manhunts for this killer since 9-11. Mm. And nobody has heard of this case. Nobody. Mm. Okay. Interesting. And the hint I gave you was blue line. Obviously, it's a police-related story. We are going to California, and you have the LAPD, which, not to talk bad about any police, but they have... A record. They have Rodney King, you know, and Mm -hmm. we're talk about some of that stuff in a minute. But
1: so this is fairly. So you're saying this is very
0: recent. I mean, this is 2013.
1: I do remember watching a one live manhunt, which was um, after the uh, Boston Marathon bombing. I remember watching that. I was a senior in college. Yeah. So even glued to the TV Mm -hmm. watching that shit well, and what, i remember find them finding him in the boat so mm-hmm. how yeah exactly Sarnia, how so many yeah
0: that, that's what's that's what you got to think about the boston marathon bombers mm-hmm. they got so much attention everyone knows that but you don't know about this guy which is insane that Was you it, do not know about is this, this guy.
1: A, a local a homegrown terrorist oh,
0: well let's get into it right mm-hmm. now okay so what you're seeing now is from the la times the 5th of february 2013 so if you if you want to uh, read this in the quiz
1: questions and OC killing Monica Kwan and Keith Lawrence, who had just announced their engagement, are found shot to death. Oh, no. They met in college, two highly regarded basketball players who seem to have the same winning touch on the court and off. That's sweet. Oh, it's like love and basketball. Yeah, I was just going to say yeah. that.
0: What is it? The Love movie. and Basketball? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that song or whatever. It's a
1: movie, Love and Basketball. Oh. I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah.
0: This is from the LA Times, which you're looking at now from the 5th of February. Remember I said we're going to the 3rd of February, so this is two days after. This article right here, they still do not know who killed this couple. I found this on YouTube and I'll embed this on talkmare.com. This guy mapped out the entire murder spree this the spree killer is what uh chris dorner who we're talking about tonight he kills he he just kills and kills and kills he's a spree killer and he mapped out this entire
1: but in a short period of time a
0: very short period of time so if you guys don't know a a spree killer is not like a serial killer spree killer is someone who kills initially and then just tries to kill as many people as he can because he knows the inevitable is going to happen he's going to be in a police shootout or something, which is exactly what happened here. So think Andrew Cunanan, the guy that killed mm-hmm. Gianni Versace. You kill once, you know you're going to probably spend life in prison or to get the death penalty. Might as well kill as many people as you can. And that's why the manhunt was so intense because because someone that is in that mindset, I mean, they're going to kill children, they're going to kill women. they're Anyone they see, they come in contact with, they're going to kill Anyway, the video that you're seeing now is a guy on YouTube that mapped out the entire traveling of this killer, Chris Dorner. All right. So what you're looking at now is the travels of this spree killer. And while you're looking at this video, I'm going to talk a little bit about the victims. These are the first two victims. Monica Kwan was the assistant women's basketball coach at Cal State Fullerton. Keith Lawrence, her Fiance was a campus police officer at University of Southern California. Quan mm-hmm. graduated in two thousand two Walnut High School. She had the most three pointers in a season in any game. She played at Long Beach and Concordia. She graduated in two thousand seven. She has a master's degree and became a coach at Fullerton. Her father was in the LAPD and is a police chief. At Cal Poly Pomona. What you're seeing now is where they were killed. This is... In the parking lot. In the parking lot. But this is a race structure. So think of a parking garage. Okay. And...
1: It's on the roof of the parking exactly. garage. Exactly.
0: So you go up the... Um, the ramps. The the ramps, exactly. And this guy on YouTube right here has mapped it out. So you can see the, uh, the actual location. So this is the parking garage you're looking at right now. That's Monica and her... Fiance, and this is where they were killed. Right here they were sitting in their car and a hitman or somebody just came up and killed both of them point blank range. Almost like the son of Sam coming up and pow, pow with his forty five, right in your right at Lover's Lane. This isn't Lover's Lane, but they were literally just sitting in the car. Mm. You know, they were just sitting there. So if you see this photo right here, you can kind of see where the car was. It was in this parking spot because mm-hmm. you see this is water. That's-, they, that's water they were using to they were using to spray off the blood. Okay. So you can see where they were. And this is a better image right here. They were in this parking spot. Got it. Someone had just pulled up and immediately pointed a gun in the car and killed both of them. As I said, Keith Lawrence, he was a campus police officer at USC. Not only that, Monica Kwan, her father is in the LAPD and is a chief, a police chief at Cal Poly Pomona. Mm-hmm. So this is a police, a police focused killing. You guys aren't okay. seeing that. Mm-hmm. The fact that Keith Lawrence, the future husband, was a cop and the basketball coach, his, her father is. A police chief makes this a police target. Does that make sense? Yeah. So okay. it was so, a,
1: It was purposeful. It, it was purposeful. intentional. Someone is
0: trying to kill family of the LAPD. Got of it. Of the LAPD. Okay. Gotcha.
1: Because of their kind of not so great history.
0: Well, I'm. am a. We're gonna go in that in a second. Mm. If you want to read this, uh, this is from the LA Times.
1: The two had just announced their engagement and had recently moved into a condominium complex near Concordia University, where they played basketball and had gone to earn their degrees. Late Sunday, after a passerby noticed two people in the parked car, police said they found Lawrence slumped in the driver's side of his white Kia. Quan was next to him, also dead. The couple were shot multiple times, authorities said.
0: Now, this paper that you're reading is from two days after the shooting. So they have no idea who did this. But obviously, when a police officer and the police chief's daughter gets murdered in broad daylight, they, they had people on it. Well, let me just tell you that. They had people on it, and they were going to find this guy. I pulled this photo from the Los Angeles Times. What what do you see there? Can you describe this photo for us?
1: Um. Go ahead,
2: Jen. He's cleaning up the crime scene with a brush, and there's broken glass.
0: Exactly. So there's broken glass everywhere. So this guy, whoever killed him, just pulls up in this parking garage. Doesn't? They don't even roll down a the window. They don't even see it coming, and he just starts shooting. All right.
1: Interesting that nobody noticed until two days, though. It was two days before somebody noticed that they were dead.
0: That is very interesting. But what is also very interesting is nobody knows this story. True. And here is more to back that up. Nicole and I saw this person live.
3: How come we never talk about Chris Dorner? That's a story about a man who believed he did everything right. Do you know who Chris Dorner is? Well, Chris Dorner, if you remember, was an African American police officer. In the LAPD. He was executing a warrant with his partner. Who was a white woman. And white women, I support you. But boy, if y'all don't shut the fuck up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what you're watching now is Dave Chappelle.
3: Recently. During the process of executing Very recently. A
0: warrant,
3: this white woman uh, did what Chris Doherner thought was excessive force. I don't know what she did. She kicked a motherfucker that was handcuffed or hit a guy that was handcuffed or something. But Chris Doan, the black police officer who watched this white woman do this, reported this to his superior, he made a formal complaint, and was subsequently fired from the LAPD. Hmm. He went through the systems. He took every legal avenue that he believed he had to get reinstated, and he was not reinstated. And when his last appeal was finished, this motherfucker, some wild shit, wrote a manifesto. You know where this is going. Oh, shit.
0: The reason Dave Chappelle is talking about this at all is because Dave Chappelle's name ended up in the manifesto.
2: What?
0: Yeah. Dave Chappelle, Anthony Bourdain... Uh, oh, I love a Anthony. Bunch, a bunch of people, uh, Barack Obama, President Barack Obama, a bunch of people we're going to talk about here in a second, but they all ended up in the manifesto. And Dave Chappelle, he goes on to talk about how he had to cancel his show because at this time, since he was in the manifesto, whoever was running his, his special Netflix or whatever. They were like, oh, you know, we're worried about your safety. And then Dave Chappelle goes on to say, ah, that that guy was talking great about me. He loves me. He ain't going to kill ain't me. Ain't nothing
1: to worry about.
0: <laughs> exactly. I love
1: Dave Chappelle. But, but the
0: reason I put Dave Chappelle on here in that clip is because this case is so huge that nobody knows about it. And, and that is a problem. And th- that really makes you think, why doesn't anyone know about this? Why and this
1: stand-up is since COVID, right? Well, there yeah, were people this was literally
0: released three months ago. Wow. Why has no one talked about this? Why has no podcasters done this? Why is there no documentaries on this? Why, why is Talk Murder Me the only people talking about this? Because this is a... Cr- This is something that needs to be talked about. Like, I'm just saying this was a huge manhunt. They had the largest budget since 9-11 to catch this guy and no one has heard of him. That sparks my interest. Hmm. Does it not? You guys have not heard of this guy. I know. But you've heard of the Boston Bombers and stuff like that. Sure. Why is this? That's what I'm trying to go. Let me talk about Chris Dorner. Now, go to talkmer.com to see... His photo right here. Mm. Yeah. So this is Chris Dorner. Um, A little bit about his background. And then we will get into the manifesto here in a second. He
1: is a Navy officer.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, as Nicole pointed out, he is a Navy officer. Now, Chris Dorner was in the LAPD. As you see, he's in this blue uniform right there. Christopher Jordan Dorner, born June 4th, 1979. He was born in New York. He spent most of his childhood on the West Coast and Southern California counties, like L.A., Orange County, stuff like that. San Diego. Exactly. He was married previously, but divorced in 2007. Now, I did see in his manifesto, which I will put on com. I need to say when I talk about the manifesto, it's not he sat down at the computer and, and wrote a document on my manifesto, yada, yada, yada. You know, I'm saying he didn't do that like
1: uh, who was it because Kaczynski's at
0: home. Yeah. So it's not a manifesto in that sense. It's him on Facebook after he killed Monica Kwan and her future husband that he vents and writes all the stuff through Facebook postings, which I'll show you. That becomes his manifesto. They basically compile all his oh, okay. social posts. So it was a series of posts.
2: It wasn't just it's one a big It a series one. of
0: posts, yeah. And then they start a couple of days after the murder of Monica Kwan. They find his uh, post on Facebook, and now he's the prime suspect. And then they compile all the posts. And he is still posting. In fact, he actually called the father, chief, the chief police of Monica Kwan, on the phone a few hours after... He killed her and bragged about it to her father. I don't know if he already knew about it yet, but he's just like, I just killed your daughter type of thing. So the reason I want to paint this guy as such a shithead, excuse my language, is because a lot of people idolize him. Hmm. They believe he's a hero.
1: Interesting. And that
0: really bugs me. Because I don't think people really have the information. And if you watch the rest of the Dave Chappelle, I don't believe Dave Chappelle has the information, too. Because he doesn't say he's a hero, but you can tell he's almost siding with this guy. And that is not cool because there's a lot of innocent people that died mm. on this, you know. And he is not a hero. He's a coward.
1: Interesting. I would have never guessed that the person on that screen is a killer. Exactly. Exactly. Um, well, he I mean just looks happy.
0: Yeah, just dis- can you describe him for our, our uh, podcast listeners?
1: Um, he's a bald guy, but he looks young, like maybe in his 30s in the picture. Well, he he's well, he doesn't look like he's aged today. He lo- just yeah, looks he- like a just full, so full of life and happiness and looks like he's a guy that you would want to be friends with. I've um, ob- served obviously overseas naval officer and then went to a police officer. He just like from a picture standpoint looks like the epitome of just a great guy.
0: Yeah and a great police officer yeah. too and, and a great soldier which
4: mm-hmm.
0: you there's when I was in the military, there are people like myself who you know, yeah, I'm glad I'm in the military, I'm getting a GI bill whatever and then there's the super soldiers that live for it. You Mm -hmm. know, and I I wasn't like that, obviously, but they were and he is one of those super soldiers like they know everything that they advance in the ranks extremely quick, quickly, you know, Mm -hmm. it's their life. Yeah. You know, so this is him and he is an African-American guy. He's pretty big. He's really tall, which is going to be important here in a second. Christopher Jordan Dorner, born June 4th, 1979 in New York. Spent most of his childhood in Southern California, although I saw him moving from Utah to California, like all over the place he Mm -hmm. moved. He was married previously, but divorced in 2007. And this murder, the first murder happened in 2013, February. He went to a JFK school in La Palma, California, Cypress High School, and he graduated in 1997. He majored in political science, minored in psychology. Hmm. He graduated from Southern Utah University in 2001. As far as his police career goes, he was a teenager when he made the decision that he wants to live in the blue uniform. He wants to be a police officer, and that's what he wants to do with his life. And he joined the LAPD while he was in the reserves. So he's he is a navy officer but he's a reservist. Gotcha. So okay. think, you know, one week in uh, a was it one week in a, a month? month, you know, maybe two weeks a year or something like that. One week in a month, two weeks a year. That's what they that's what they go by. So he was in the reserves, he joins the LAPD, he went to the academy in 2005, he graduated 2006, stellar record, everything. I mean, just look at the guy. Although
1: in wartime... time you obviously have to go overseas. Like, he went over yeah, overseas. Yeah, exactly. So here's right? how it
0: works. Yeah, so he was in he was in the Navy Reserves. He goes and graduates the police department. Because
1: this is right after 9-11. Right after
0: 9-11. And then on his first mission, actually, they sent him overseas, and he did a tour there. Then he came back, and he was employed with the LAPD. So here's how it works for a reservist. You don't get paid like an active duty soldier, right. you don't hardly get paid at all. You get paid one week in a month. Right. You know that's not much. Depending on your rank, it could be, but so you don't get paid a lot. So most of the reservists, National Guard, they have other jobs. They right. have real jobs. Right. Does that right. make right. sense? Yeah. yeah. So
1: there are some, some folks in the reserves that my yeah. company. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So when I was in the reserves, I actually had an active duty job. I had it. I had a cush job. Hmm. So it was nice because I was in the reserves, but I was getting active duty pay, hmm. you know, so it was really nice. But um, most people can't get that. So they have to have a real job. And a lot of those are police officers. So he graduates in 2006 from the police academy. He starts as a probationary police officer and he deploys in the Navy to Bahrain. Is that how you spell it? Bahrain. It, yeah. Bahrain. Where's that at, Nicole? You're it's the, in the middle,
1: It's in the Middle East.
0: OK, so is it? By Afghanistan. I've never heard of it.
1: Oh, gosh. Now I got to tap into my politics, the Middle East. She went to Bahrain. Oh, your sister went there? Near near, um, UAE.
0: So your sister went to Bahrain. Mm
1: hmm. That's the only place that she could go go visit Omar while he was on deployment. Like he was on a boat for, it was like, that was a long deployment. That was like nine months. And, um, and the only place that she got to go was Bahrain. You're right. It's, I think it's near United Arab Emirates. It's like oh, a nice. neighboring country. I, there were guys. I in, think did she get to go to UAE or no? She did. She flew through. She flew United Air, Emirates Air, yeah. and she got bumped to first class on Ooh. that trip. And she's like, "This is the greatest thing ever." I heard that's a fancy airline. Yeah. Is it, Is it
2: nice there? And that I mean, United,
1: United Arab Emirates is baller. That is. Oil money. Yeah, the sheiks. They hand make their own islands that look like like palm yeah. trees in the world. Yeah, you haven't seen that. They make oh, islands. Yeah.
0: They they actually bring in all it, the sand and whatever to make islands.
1: It is one of the wealthiest oh, countries in the world. I, I had
0: some buddies that deployed to Dubai. Money. Well, I wouldn't call it deployed. They basically went to Dubai. Oh,
2: that's where Dubai is. Dubai uh, has yes yes, yes yes.
0: Dubai has a um the largest mall. Yeah, Dubai. Think of Dubai. It's hot. It's the desert. Yeah. They have the largest, probably the only, indoor skiing resort. It's a mountain indoors. They keep completely cooled, and you can ski there. Yeah,
1: it has the largest mall in the world, too.
0: And they had the the Burj Khalifa, the largest skyscraper ever built.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's remember? Right.
0: It's like water-cooled. We watched the documentary. Oh, dear God. I would not oh, want God. to be in
1: that skyscraper. So uh,
0: this photo right here that you're seeing now is him in grade school. I'll put that on talkmore.com. Let's talk a little bit about his military career. He worked as a Naval Reserve Officer, honorably discharged as a lieutenant in 2013. Honorably discharged. Why did he? The, 2013. This is the, the kill year. So something
1: happened. Well, because
0: why? he's not one to get out of the military, especially as a lieutenant. You're making plenty of money. He, he was going to go to Captain Major.
1: But he was in the reserves. He was in the
0: reserves. But he was honorably, di- they basically kicked him out and gave him, gave him an honorable discharge. Hmm. And it's something that happened in the LAPD.
1: But it's not like his time expired and he said, no, nah, not re, re- Oh, upping. no,
0: this guy, what I'm trying to say is this guy isn't one to say, oh, I'm done. I mean, this guy was going to be, hmm. this guy would have probably made, I don't know, general maybe i mean this is a, a gung ho soldier and they they stay in forever hmm. he was commissioned in 2002 he was the commander of the naval security unit at the naval air station in fallen nevada he served with the mobile inshore undersea warfare units which these oh, are pretty subs. yeah these are like so uh socom like special operation units mm-hmm. these aren't just um you know, regular um, sit-behind-the-desk soldier. He's not that. He is a uh, a, a special, special operations trained soldier. Mm-hmm. He served in the Mobile Inshore Undersea Warfare Unit from June 2004 to February 2006. He deployed to Bahrain, as we talked about, and he was discarded from the U.S. Naval Reserve in February 2013, right before he goes on the killing spree. So what happened to this dude that made him want to kill...
1: Well, he was discharged.
0: Exactly. So
1: For whatever reason.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's
1: what made him go on the killing spree.
0: Exactly. Now, what you're seeing now is from his manifesto, the social media post, and we're going to kind of go through the manifesto here in a second. So the question
1: is, why was he discharged? Exactly.
0: The story is this, basically, in a nutshell. You have this guy that's discharged from the LAPD and that rolls over to the naval reserves and he's discharged from that. So his life is over. All he wanted to do is be a cop. He was discharged and now they kicked him out the navy because of this LAPD incident we're going to talk about. So now this is a revenge killing. So he is a spree killer, but he is a revenge killer. <laughs> he is trying to get back at the LAPD. That is what this story is. And it's it's quite crazy that no one's heard of this story and we're going to see why here in a second.
1: So he was discharged from the military because of something that happened with the exactly.
0: LAPD. In 2000, in February, 2013.
1: From that one incident that the Chappelle one incident. was talking about. But exactly. So he went
2: through, so he, he can, are we going over that? Oh detail? yeah, we're going to go okay. over okay.
0: it. Okay. I'm not going to, you know, I didn't go into if it's true or not, you know, whatever, because that's not the focus here. Now they want to make this, I mean, this episode could be literally five episodes. It, it's so much stuff. Hmm. But I wanted to give you a really good footing about this case. Can you read this, Nicole? This is from his manifesto.
1: Evans had kicked the suspect. I later went to a Board of Rights Department hearing for decision of continued employment from ten eight to one nine. During this BOR hearing a video was played for the BOR panel where Christopher Getler stated that he was indeed kicked by Officer Evans. Video sent to multiple news agencies. In addition to Christopher Gettler stating he was kicked, his father, Richard Gettler, also stated that his husband had stated he had been kicked by an officer when he was arrested after being released from custody.
0: So this is what Chris Dorner writes on his Facebook wall, okay? He is giving out the information of what apparently happened. That's a long hearing, too. Exactly. So basically, in a nutshell... He was working under this police officer, Teresa Evans, which you're going to hear about. And that's who Dave Chappelle was talking about. So they
1: weren't necessarily like partners. She was his superior.
0: Exactly.
1: But they were at the, the
2: incident happened when he was with her.
0: Yes. OK. Training him. OK. Basically, because he just got in the LAPD, his lifelong dream. Uh, right now, we're going to look at Chris Dorner's manifesto, his Facebook post. Mm-hmm. And we're going to kind of see exactly what happened in his words. And we're going to learn more about who this guy is, because as you'll see here in a second, and there's video that I'm putting on talkmore.com that is insane. There's police cam video because he kills more cops. Obviously there's police cam video of that. We're going to see why he's done. Why does this dude want to kill all these cops so bad? His own people. His own people he's trying to kill.
1: So, what you're seeing now,
0: and so for you guys on YouTube, you could, you you have a really good uh, view. So, of this his. is the
1: consolidated, like all of his posts. Exactly. Okay. And, and I kind wow, of. Wow, he wrote a lot. He,
0: he wrote a lot. And this is 18 pages. This doesn't go into where they named Chappelle and all that stuff. So, I was like, you know, what? Did, he didn't even name Chappelle. But I did look up the extended manifesto and Chappelle, all these celebrities are in there. Hmm. Um, Anthony Bourdain. He basically. It's a last will. I'm probably going to die. So I want to go out by saying Dave Chappelle, I love your stuff. Anthony Bourdain. He even says, um, what's the guy that made the hangover? Um, Bradley Cooper. He says, Bradley Cooper, uh, it sucks that I'm not going to be able to see the hangover three. You can see all this that he wrote. He he said that and he knew he was going to die. This was a suicide mission. Kind of weird. Kind of weird. And... I really want to point out that this dude is not a hero. This dude is a coward. You do not kill innocent people. The reason I'm saying that is because so many people think he's a hero. It it literally drives me insane. But I'm gonna read a little bit of this from his manifesto. His manifesto is uh, racially, what should I say, charged. Uh, charged. Yeah, good word. Racially charged. So I'm I'm gonna uh, run over it right quick. He says one incident. He was riding in the back of a twelve passenger van and he was called the n-word he says he heard quote i heard officer magana call an in individual a n-word again now that i had confirmed it i told magana another fellow police officer not to use that word again i reply and he replied quote i'll say it when i want another officer officer bordeaux a friend of his also stated that he would say the N-word when he wanted. At that point, I jumped over my front passenger seat and two other officers, where I placed my hands around Bordeaux's neck and squeezed, I stated to Bordeaux, don't fucking say that. At that point, there were pushing and shoving and we were separated by several other officers. What I should have done, now this is going to point his character out, What I should have done was put a Winchester Ranger SXT 9mm 147 grain bullet in his skull and Officer Magana's skull. Wow. This is what people don't see.
1: Quite the threat in his manifesto. This
0: manifesto goes in detail about the LAPD and their racial history Rodney King um there was another really good event and and I wrote it down but I um have to look it up that uh
1: there were ri- riots riots
0: all that stuff and
1: in 19 when I was reading two, this I want to say or 1990
0: um well, yeah the- in, in my short opinion are there police officers that are racist hell yeah
1: absolutely wrong. does
0: that mean all, all police officers are racist not, no not even close do do they have problems with this probably does that warrant you killing a basketball coach the daughter of a police chief that's about to get married and have a happy life does that warrant you killing other police officers that one of them you'll see had a 10 year old son that will never see his father again no that makes you a coward that doesn't make you a hero that makes you a coward Mm -hmm. i just want to say that now because a lot of people think he's a hero and it drives me insane they think that it's because they don't have this information like that so the officers that
2: he killed um were were they known to have been um
0: racist no they were just were they random they were, so he is a spree killer he is randomly killing any if you're driving a police car he's shooting at you
1: so he's not even targeting the people who supposedly said those exactly. things exactly but in this manifesto
0: as you'll see He specifically points out people to target. And he says that, quote, you are a high-value target. And as you're about to see right now, we're going through the manifesto. Um, He talks about how he was in elementary school and he was called an N-word. And he used a little bit of violence and he got in trouble for that. He said, um, the, uh, the principal said that good Christians... We are to turn the other cheek as Jesus did. And he says, quote, problem is I'm not a effing Christian. And that Jesus, oh, and that old book made of fiction and limited nonfiction called the Bible never once stated Jesus was called an N-word. How dare you swat me for standing up for my rights, for demanding that I be treated as an equal human being. That day I made the life decision that I will not tolerate racial derogatory terms spoken to me. And like I said, There were probably really racial people in the LAPD, but it, it, you know, it doesn't warrant what he did in any way. Now he talks about his termination. So let's, let's get, uh, let's talk about the termination. Teresa Evans, his superior, what he says, uh, her nickname was Chupacabra quote. She found it very funny and entertaining to draw blood from suspects and arrestees At one point, she even intentionally ripped the flesh off the arm of a woman who we had arrested for battery, sprayed her neighbor with a garden water hose. Knowing the woman had thin elastic skin, she performed an Indian burn to the woman's arm after cuffing her. The woman was in her mid-70s. So this is more of him talking about some of the victims he's going to kill. Evans, you are a piece of shit and you lied Right to the board of review panel when Randy Kwan asked you if you kick Christopher Gettler, who we're talking about. Kwan. Tonight.
1: Randy Kwan yeah. asked that question. Exactly. Mm. The, that was um, the, the father. The father, yep.
0: Christopher Gettler is a schizophrenic. Well, He's diagnosed with schizophrenia. He's got other mental issues. He was mm. the one that was getting arrested. And you're you're going to hear him speak here in a second. I got a video of him doing an interview. He was the one getting arrested and Teresa Evans kicked him in the face. Now, the reason this is important is because this is why this whole thing started because he files a police report like a, um, and what would what you call it? The, when you file something against somebody, like he filed a report against like internal, her superior, internal, like an, an, internal inter- yeah, yeah, an internal affairs report, report against Teresa Evans for kicking this man in the face. That's what started this, because the LAPD and the judges and the Supreme Court even, they sided with Teresa Evans. Not only that, they fired him from the LAPD, which led eventually to. led to his uh discharged from the national guard you you understand where this yep. is going so this is one yeah. event this guy christopher gettler is the reason he went on this this man but this he freak. is the whistleblower i'm
2: just kind of no, yeah, right he, he's,
0: he's the, the one the that started
1: this report no no he no gettler was no the victim. no
0: no gettler was the victim yes, yes. He, christopher dorner is the whistleblower yes yeah.
1: but
2: why was he fired was it, was it because they said that his claims are false like what was exactly okay.
0: and that he was a liar so he got fired for that
2: that is interesting because, like, if if the claims were found to be true, then the other exactly. officer would have been fired. After
4: but.
0: he killed Monica Kwan and her future husband, he writes on Facebook, as you're going to see, for all the um, uh, reporters out there to please look into my story, and then the LAPD because it was like a threat. It was like you're going to look into my story and prove uh, prove uh, me correct you know, clear my name. You're going to look in my story and clear my name or I'm going to keep killing. That was what he was doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. This is a very detailed story that I'm trying to get in one episode. It's it's a lot to cover. So he says, I have exhausted all available means. So basically.
1: That is pages of Facebook.
0: Pages of Facebook posts. So he says that he files this report. Teresa Evans, my superior kicked this guy in the face and, That came back to haunt him. The board actually fired him for lying, even though he claims he wasn't lying. And then he writes this. He actually goes to the appeals at the superior courts and California um, appellate courts. And he says, quote, this is my last resort. When he did that, he goes on to say the judges at the court, they all had worked with Teresa Evans in the past. Does that makes sense? So they have.
1: Uh, they have their own like a.
0: they have. About a, her. So they have a conflict of interest and they were siding with her and not even looking into the the truth. OK, mm-hmm. this is from his manifesto. Quote, you fuckers knew Evans was guilty of kicking excessive force Gettler and you did nothing but get rid of what you saw as a problem. The whistleblower. Gettler himself stated on videotape provided for the board of reviews and its transcripts. He was released from custody. The video was played for the entire board of reviews to hear. You're going to see what a whistleblower can do when you take everything from him, especially his name. Do you see how the hero comes in now? He was the victim.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and he is the victim, but that does not warrant what he did. He goes on to say, self-preservation is no longer important to me. I do not fear death.
1: Chief Beck, this is when you need to have that come to Jesus talk with Sergeant Teresa Evans and everyone else who was involved in the conspiracy to have me terminated for doing the right thing. You also need to speak with her attorney, Rico, and his conversation with the BOR members and her confession of guilt in kicking Mr. Gettler. I'll be waiting for a public response at a press conference. When the truth comes out, the killing stops. So he's admitting to killing in his Facebook post. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But the fact that he killed Monica Kwan and then called her father and bragged about it. That's what set off
2: the search for him. Dude,
0: that, yeah, and they found his Facebook post. But it was two days later. But they were frantically looking. You don't kill a cop and, and expect a go under the radar, they're going to find you. You know, I mean that's just how cops work. I, mean, I it's so long, guys. I, I don't want to go through all this, uh, but he talks about very long post. He talks about uh, Rodney King and going back to that. He talks about the history of the LAPD. Um, some of the stuff is really crazy. He talks about the LAPD seeing people as purchases. If you want to read this, this is kind of crazy, and, and this goes into the. The theory that maybe the LAPD is covering up because, I mean, hell, you know, who who no, which, is Christopher Dorner? Which Have one you heard you want, of
1: him? Which one do you want me to read? When your family members die, they just see you as extra overtime at a crime and at a perimeter. Why would you value their lives when they clearly don't value yours or your family members' lives? I've heard many officers who state they see dead victims as ATVs, wave runners, RVs, and new clothes for their kids. So he's saying, so what he's saying is
0: the, um, he talks about the LAPD officers, they'll go to a brutal crime scene, they'll take pictures with their cell phone, and at the end of the night, they'll compare them, seeing, you know, who's got the most graphic one. They see victims as wave runners and ATVs, basically more overtime. Right. That's what he's talking about, yeah. overtime. And that's what he's saying. And, and, you know, I don't deny it. I mean, I I don't know for sure if this is the case, but this goes into the theory of maybe the LAPD is covering all this up because they don't want people to know their officers think of, you know, murdered victims as ATVs and wave runners. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you want to go ahead and read this.
1: They take photos of your loved ones' recently deceased bodies with their cell phones and play a game of who has the most graphic dead body of the night with officers from other divisions. This isn't just the 20-something-year-old officers. This is the 50-year-old officers with significant time on the job as well who participate.
0: And he talks about going—he's going to utilize everything. Suppressing the truth will leave deadly consequences for you and your family. I will utilize ISR— on your home and workplace, I will utilize, utilize OSINT, which INT is intelligence. I don't know what OS is. I guess operating system intelligence. I M N T into this. Like I said, INT is intelligence. It's amazing what's on Nipper, which is like a secure messaging system for law enforcement. Human human intelligence will be utilized to collect personal schedules of targets of tar. He's he making a target list. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is what he's saying on Facebook. He's going to go kill all these people. He says, uh, Quan Anderson Evans and board of review members look at your wives, husbands, and surviving children directly in the face and tell them the truth as to why your children are dead. Your children. He's going to kill your children. And people think this guy's a hero. He says, I have scored high in all my rifle qualifications. I mean, he's just, dude, this guy is. Wow. Exactly. And then he mentions all the celebrities that he likes Jesus before he's going to die. It's, it's insane that you haven't heard of this. And it's, that's, that's, that's a, the problem that's with me, That's quite man. the
2: exhausting manifesto, though. You will now live the life of the prey, it says. That's crazy.
0: Wow. <laughs> is this not the craziest thing? This happened in 2013. I don't know. Nobody's heard about this, which makes me think there is a cover-up. You know what I'm saying? There, there might be, but... I mean,
1: they don't want the po- the police to look bad. And I get yet. it,
0: but you you try to cover it up. Then people like me are like, well, Why are you covering it up?" All right, this is the actual guy. Um, his interview.
4: Getler. Yeah, two thousand
0: and
4: eight, Monday. It is approximately eleven forty six hours, and uh, being uh, interviewed and tape recorded with his permission is Christopher Getler. Is that correct, correct, Chris? Yeah. Okay. Now I want to ask you about the. Uh, the uh police contact that you had with the uh at the double tree hotel do you remember that Mm. yeah okay do you remember being uh taken into custody by uh, the so he's
0: mentally ill you can kind of tell he's uh, he's you know not all uh, there there.
4: struggle Mm -hmm. and um at, at during that struggle uh were you kicked in the face
5: Mm-hmm.
4: You have to say yes or no? Yes. Okay. And do you remember uh, how many times you were kicked in the face? Once. Okay. And do you remember where you were kicked in the face? Um, uh, right here. Okay. And uh, do you remember who kicked you in the face? Um, an officer. Do you remember what, what sex? Was it a male or female? Was a uh, female, and do you remember whether they were white or black? Um, they were black or almost black. I
0: think. <laughs> you see almost that almost white. they were almost black. Do you remember whether the so um, Dave Chappelle said she was had, uh, Caucasian
4: or dark hair? She had darker hair. Her hair was not. Her hair was just, was a
2: light a lighter.
4: Okay, but do you you remember being kicked? Yeah. Okay, and how many times? Once. Okay, and where? Um, This side, I think. Yeah, this side. Okay, excellent. I'm going to uh, stop the tape.
0: That guy has no idea, but he is the reason, not the reason, and it's not like he did this on purpose, but the reason that... um, you know, Chris Dorner decides to go spree kill all these people. Crazy, right? Crazy. That one incident, uh, one of the things Chris Dorner says is, I'm not an aspiring rapper. I'm not a gang member. I'm not a dope dealer. I don't have baby multiple baby mamas. I'm an American by choice. I am a son and brother, a military service member. I am a man who has lost complete faith in the system. When the system betrayed, slandered and libeled me, yada, yada, yada. So these, are, yeah, it's
2: interesting. Sorry, on the the left where he kind of details the incident, um, he says that the that Getler was kicked three times. The victim said he was only kicked once.
0: Honestly, he probably what it probably was the LAPD that screwed up, screwed the pooch on this. Yeah, I mean, I I, I I mean they probably stuck up for this woman, and they they shouldn't have fired him or anything else, but. Dude, come on, man. And
2: if they were making the the judgment based solely off of the interview, like I don't want to say that the victim was not a reliable source, but I mean because it happened to him, but he kind of seemed unsure at some points, and I don't know if that has to do with his mental illness um, or mm. or not. But you know, yeah, maybe there were maybe maybe the decision was based off of well, can we really? This is this a reliable?
1: Right, right, which would make me think action to be taken maybe not fireable for either party it's like there just may not really be a firm answer as to what happened which would make me think you don't fire evans and you don't fire donner
0: this one guy from his facebook post matthew willer says they're trying to force gun control on us by way of framing shooters and the killing them just like jfk his killer said he knew nothing what? what yeah, it dude it this is
1: and this is what's the, what's you know, social media is like and you'll get whatever answer you want and whatever yeah. answer you don't want.
0: After he kills those two, he travels down south and he goes to the San Diego's Driscoll Wharf. It's a yacht club, and he tries to convince multiple yacht owners to let him take their boat out. Hmm. So the video I'm showing you right now is of the Yacht Club. This is where he was. Hmm. And he he basically wanted to flee to Mexico. He was telling all these yacht owners that he was about to be deployed to Afghanistan and he wanted to go to Mexico for one last time to fish. And it was really weird. They they knew there was something wrong with him. Yeah. This is from NBC and SanDiego.com. Fisherman at Driscoll Wharf told NBC7 exclusively that Dorner was on the pier near Nimitz and Harbor Island Drive on February 5th trying to charm his way on a boat ride to Mexico. This is one of the fishermen, quote, he kept saying he wanted to go fishing off Mexico. I said, Mexico, that's kind of weird. You could go fishing on the bay, said Jeremy Smith, a local commercial fisherman. They denied him. He goes and buys tacos at like Taco Bell and tries to convince them. He tries to butter them up with tacos. It's really weird. Eventually. That would work for me.
1: (laughs) But I I feel like in San Diego, there's better places for him to go get tacos. But that's just me.
0: Yeah. Eventually, when all this buttering up these fishermen didn't work, uh, it says that same day, a man fitting Dorner's description tried to steal a boat a yacht from a San Diego marina according to officials an 81-year-old man on the boat was tied up but not, but not injured so basically he tied this old man up on the boat and he goes to, and he backs the boat out but the rope the anchor rope that t- attaches to the boat got um swirled up in the motor and it completely destroyed the yacht the yacht and motor so he couldn't go anywhere But his plan was to flee to Mexico. That was his plan.
1: It's kind of weird that he told people, I'm going to go fishing off the coast of Mexico. He probably would have had better success if he just said he was going to go fishing locally, but then took the boat to Mexico.
0: Exactly. Right? Kind
1: of weird. Exactly. You think about that one. So after this... Lie. after Well, let's
0: get on with this. After this didn't work, he drives for another few hours and he ends up... This is one in the morning right here... And uh, if you want to describe this, well, the the picture you're seeing right now is a shootout when he pulled up to a a police car and he just starts randomly shooting at them. If you want to kind of describe that photo.
1: Uh, Whole streets blocked off. There's yellow tape and all that.
0: So this is Thursday, February 7th, 2013. 1.25 a.m. in Corona, California, a man, Dorner, Chris Dorner, shoots two LAPD officers who had been assigned to protect people targeted in his manifesto. One officer's forehead is grazed by a bullet. These two officers survived. This is the photo. You see how many the evidence tags there? Do you Mm -hmm. see them on the ground? That's how many times he shot and he was driving his truck, and he just opens fire at this random police car. Now let's go a few hours after this, after they get shot up, this is what happens. And I'll put this on TalkMore.com. This is a police dash camera of one of the officers. The driving officer was killed instantly. So what you're seeing now is the police cruiser going up to a random stoplight they do not see you see that truck coming up Mm -hmm. he is running a red light that is that was christopher dorner's truck let let me rewind that real quick so you guys can see it again the the cruiser is pulling up to a red light Uh there's a red light on both sides this red light and that truck is christopher dorner's he is driving up and just watch what happens and this is uh february 7th 2013 like i said do you see what's happening now uh-huh. Oh, because the, the officer was killed? Exactly. Wow. The officer's car, the video you're watching now, is rolling slowly into the intersection. This officer's already dead. Wow. The car is just rolling, and it continues to roll for a long time. So he was shot um, by Christopher Dorner, drive-by.
4: Take five all units, <laughs> feed info, reference to 1199 for LAPD. when already route, it occurred at the 15 three-wing Magnolias, the 187 suspect from Irvine breaks.
0: So what you're hearing now is... The
4: suspect vehicle still outstanding. It's a black Nissan Titan 7X-ray 03191. It was last east on Magnolia towards Home Garden. Corona got the call at 0124 hours break. 1199.
0: This is the taxi driver you're hearing now. A random taxi driver pulls gets into the police car and gets gets on the radio. That's what you're listening to now. So Christopher Dorner, drive-by, random cop, had no idea who the cops were, killed him right there. Okay. Uh, One of them, one of the police officers uh, died right there instantly, and that's why his car rolled into the thing. Now what you're seeing now is the slain police officer. He is the one on the right. The other one got shot, but he survived. So the one on the right, his name is Michael Crane. He was a 34-year-old former Marine, mm. and he had two tours in Ku- in Kuwait. So he died February 7th, like I said, around 2 a.m., and I'll put that uh, dash cam video on TalkMore.com. It's very eerie to see because the cop is sitting there at the red light, and then all of a sudden it just rolls slowly mm-hmm. into the intersection, and you, you know he's already dead. So... But the, uh, the man on the right, Michael Crane, was killed, 34 years old, had a family and everything. He's dead. If you want to read this, this is from the L.A. Times.
1: On Wednesday, Officer Crane was buried with full honors. His 10-year-old son, Ian, joined officers carrying his father's casket.
0: Yeah, so anyone out there that says this guy's a hero, yeah. you can screw off because he's not. He's a coward. Now, l- let me kind of change the light. This is kind of the uh, the police chief says this is tension Intense tension. This is after the murder of of Officer Crane. What, what do you see here? Can you describe this? That's a lot of bullet holes. That's his, they got him right. They got they they killed him right there. I meant how many oh, bullet oh, holes do so you that's, see that? That's
1: uh, what uh, Dorner's car. This is a
0: few hours later after that incident with him shooting there, the police there's officers. There's
1: got to be what twenty bullets in that car. Oh, at least. more than that.
0: Look at the right side too. There's twenty just on that right side. 16. There's probably. Well, I, I think I saw or, his. Yeah, um, something. I think it was like a hundred and oh wow twenty something bullets. It was like ridiculous.
1: But was he in the car?
0: No, he was not in the car. Hmm. <laughs> this is, this is ridiculous right here. This is from the police report, the actual police report about this incident. So the picture you're seeing now is a blue Nissan Tacoma. Okay. Yep. The one you saw in the video wasn't blue, it was black. Right. He was driving a black Tacoma.
1: Oh, did they shoot the wrong car? This is a
0: blue Tacoma. This isn't even his car. This <gasps> isn't even close to his truck. They shot
1: the wrong car?
0: If you want to read this. Oh.
1: At approximately 5.10 a.m., Margie Carranza and her mother, Emma Hernandez, were delivering newspapers in Torrance. Carranza was driving a blue four-door 2007 Tacoma pickup truck with license plate 8D68341. The rear windshield, rear driver's side, and rear passenger side windows of the truck were tinted. Hernandez was in the middle rear seat, handing newspapers to Carranza, who threw them out of the front driver's side window of the vehicle towards subscribers' residences.
0: This really pissed me off. Let me go back to the picture. Look at all that. Look at all that. There's bullets. it's not the
1: right car!
0: No, it's not.
1: Did they die?
0: No, the, it, luckily, um, the driver, which you're going to, the 71 year old, I believe, was shot twice in the back. <laughs> this is going to piss you off they right are here. Lucky. This is not even Chris Dorner, not even close, not even the same. It's a truck. Yeah, it is a truck. They got the truck right. These guys. These two uh, ladies, Hispanic ladies, were delivering newspapers. They had their lights off because I guess that's what newspaper delivery people do. They don't want to shine the lights in your bedroom. And, you know, they're out at four in the morning. Right. So these cops pull up behind this truck and immediately start shooting. Mm-hmm. I have never seen that in police protocol. Ever. Ever. That is literally ridiculous. Yeah, that's bad. And that might be one of the reasons they want to cover this thing up, because that is kind of stupid. That yeah. is literally comical. And luckily she didn't die. But holy Jesus Christ. All right. If you if you want to read this, this is um, the, the a little bit about the settlement that uh, the attorney talks about.
1: But Glenn Jonas, the woman's attorney, said that they are still without a truck. After they shot my clients, this broken promise of a truck donation and the nonsense that follows is a slap in the face, he said. Jonah said the women were first offered a used truck, then a non-four-wheel drive Ford to replace their four-wheel drive Toyota. The women had to agree not to sell it for a year. His clients adre- agreed to that truck, he said. But the dealership and the LAPD officials said the truck would be considered a prize for tax purposes, Jonas said. Essentially, they'd have to pay taxes like they wanted on a game show.
0: That's ridiculous. Dude, do you want to not look bad, LAPD? Look at this truck one more time. Look what they did to this truck. They shot this woman twice in the back. She's 71 years old and they try to screw her up. They don't even want to buy her a,
1: a new truck.
0: You yeah. should buy that woman
1: a freaking Ferrari. Yeah, they they should they <laughs> should the replace fuck? the truck, give her a cash settlement, pay for all of her medical yep. bills yep. for the rest of her life. Yep.
0: Oh my lord in Christ. Okay, if you want to read this, this is more about the uh
1: As Carranza approached the intersection of Red Beam and Delane Street, she heard a large number of gunshots coming from behind her. Carranza stopped her car due to the shots being fired. Gunshots began to strike her truck. She screamed out and tried to yell that she was working. She felt the tires of the car explode and glass passed by her face. Carranza was in a panic. Hernandez told her, don't be afraid.
0: Don't be afraid. (laughs)
1: Look at all these bullet holes. (laughs) Easier said than done. She shot
0: twice in the back. Don't be afraid. Why are you freaking out? (laughs) Because you shot me twice in the back. You, You riddled my car with bullet holes holy hell <laughs> the a, an article from cnn 2016 no charges were filed against any of the police officers this does not look good for them
1: so doesn't make what the guy did right
0: no no no, no. I, i'm not trying to th- i mean this is just part of the story like, i gotta say this these guys should lose their badges come on man like Who for real that? yeah dude that's not even cool and this kind of remind me. Um, this is a. They actually filmed an interview with this guy, and uh,
1: the one who shot, who yeah. did the shooting.
0: So, and he talks about it right here.
1: Oh, oh God. my God! Stop. Hey, I'd like
3: you to accompany me to a gun range. You mean drive you there and wait outside, far away from the guns? I spent eight years in the public affairs office, so my tactical skills are a little rusty. I need some pointers, sir. I haven't fired a weapon since the incident, the mannequin incident. I'm familiar.
4: shit.
3: Actually, there was an incident after that. Another incident?
4: You gotta cool it, man. You gotta cool it, man.
2: I'm gonna get some candy. Sure. Oh, my gosh. I
1: love the show.
0: Okay, the reason I'm pointing that up, because it doesn't end there. If you want to read this, this is this is from laist.com.
1: Torrance surfer shot at during daughter <laughs> manhunt to receive oh $1.8 million. God.
0: This is also not his truck.
2: That's a Honda. They said he was driving a Nissan. The first one was a Toyota. This the is not one was his a truck. That's a Honda. This Again. is a
0: surfer that is on the way to surf some waves and he gets rammed by a police car and, and randomly <laughs> shot at. That's He's, awful. Dude, Shame on them. It makes them look like total well, shit, man. It makes man. it look like I get it. There's it, a there's there's a guy killing cops and, and whatever. But dude, you just shot a 71 year old woman that you didn't even see. You just started opening fire on a random car, dude. Come on, and you and there's no charges filed on either.
1: So, and, and I'm not trying. It to. It doesn't help his the his you know, the case. Th- this yeah, is, no, it doesn't.
2: Especially when the, when the whole thing started by someone trying to police put, brutality. Yeah. When you try yeah, to file it, a report it, about wrongdoings in the, by the police department. Well, well,
0: Here's, here's what this means. And this is the reason why you don't hear about this case. I'm going to just go ahead and open this can of worms now. And I'm going to change my ad- address and phone number. The, the reason you don't hear about this case is because Why did they shoot this woman's truck thinking it was him? Why did they try to shoot this surfer? Because there is something to hide and they didn't want to bring him in. They didn't want to bring him in for questioning. They wanted to kill him. Look, go back and look at this car, this truck. Do you think you you shoot shoot that many times to bring a suspect in? No, you want to kill him. They want to silence him. Does that make sense? There's no doubt about that. You don't randomly shoot a car, ram into a car with a surfer in it, not wanting to kill him. You wanted to kill this guy. Okay. Yeah. hundred percent. This, if you want to read this, this is more about this. The guy's name is David Peru. And, And the last sentence of what you're going to read is really going to stand out.
1: David Peru was on his way to a surfing outing in February when he was stopped by officers pursuing Christopher Dorner. Perdue filed a lawsuit against Torrance police saying officers rammed his pickup and opened fire without justification. Perdue is a 160-pound white man. Dorner was black black and weighed 270 pounds.
0: Does the LAPD want you to bring Chris Dorner in alive after this? No, they want to kill him. And you'll right. see they do kill him in in a crazy way, but they there was there's something they're hiding. It may go a lot deeper than this, but there's a reason you don't hear about this case. Anyway, here's here's the guy with his bullet that he kept right there. Purdue. Yeah, but you know this is like when this stuff happens. Why don't you just do what this guy does? You know. I'm showing oh him a picture God. right now. There's there's African American male in like a Costco or a Kroger, and he is his shirt says "Not Chris dorner please do not shoot." Wow! Because that's if you're if you were at this point, man, if you were a black guy, you would have been in shot. in California. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were even shooting at white people. Jeez, it's crazy, man. But if you want to go read the actual police report. And I'm not trying to talk bad about cops, but dude, this is why it's ridiculous. This is a police report. Entirely redacted. Entirely redacted. I'm showing them a, the police report. It is a video of me scrolling down the police report. Can you get any information on that? Not
1: for everything several paragraphs. Everything
0: is redacted. Everything. And it's not even like they tried. They just literally put black boxes over everything. Look, I'm scrolling down page after page. This is a police report. Can you get anything? I and mean, this is... How am I going to get any information from this? Mm. You can't. It's like ridiculous. Come on, man. Uh, this, is a little, this is Dorner's um, ex-girlfriend speaks out about uh, his personality. We're almost done. I'm sorry. This is so long.
4: Years ago. It's nice to have you with us. You dated back in 2006, I guess, a little more right. than five years ago. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, what you first thought when you heard that he was the suspect in this, in this manhunt. Well, I think any time you hear something of this nature and this extreme, it's a shock. And I mean, I was I was just as much in shock probably as the next person and it's just like it threw me for a loop. But did you think I'm shocked but I expected it or was it I'm shocked he could never have done something like this? I'm shocked I sort of expected it. I, I can't honestly tell you that i said, oh, this would never happen. I mean, when you see signs of someone's behavior and the manner that, um, sort of like stress induced type, you know, behavior also, I think coupled with maybe how their personality already, already is. I think it makes it easier to understand why.
0: Oh yeah. So that's, uh, his ex-girlfriend. Wow. Now it's interesting. Is it really interesting to see in the manifesto, which I'll put on talkmer.com? He actually talks about, he had multiple brain concussions at, when he was a football player in, in high school and, um, yeah, you can talk a little bit about that. The brain concussion. Y'all just watched the movie Concussion, right? We
1: did. We just watched it last night. And then,
0: um, not that that's a he's saying that it's okay what he did, but
1: no, it but is interesting. It, 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 you know, brain injury certainly can impact behavior.
0: Okay, so how does the story end? He kills these officers and then he goes to Big Bear Mountain. Has anybody been to Big Bear Mountain in no. California? So he goes up to Big Bear Mountain. And there was a huge manhunt, one of the largest manhunts since nine eleven. I mean, right under Osama, you know. Mm-hmm. They, there was a largest cash payout for this guy that and, and donated by businesses, PD officers, everybody, local people. And no one's heard of it. It's, it's insane that no one's heard of this. He ends up in Big Bear Mountain. He's spotted by a couple uh, game and fish officers. He does kill one of the game and fish officers but this is and not to make this too long I'm going to go ahead and play a video here of what ends up happening after they find him after the manhunt This is from CNN nice now.
5: Audio on the ground from a CBS 2 KCAL reporter mentioned a smoke grenade. And then in the chaos, someone, we don't know who, was heard yelling.
0: This says burn that... Fuck Real-time her down. police audio That's what transmissions the police said
5: Big Bear Lake were preserved. This is the cabin the that he was guessing in. the second-guessing started immediately. Though we don't know how the fire started, to the untrained ear, after authorities concluded they had someone in this cabin in the woods, it sounded to some like they could have intentionally set fire to it to try to smoke out the suspect. We're
0: going to go forward with the plan with the with the burn. They're talking about burning the cabin down. Okay.
5: It's right there on minutes police later, radio. An early reference to burners being deployed.
4: Control, 61 Lincoln. Seven burners deployed and we have a fire. seven burners deployed
5: and we have a fire. A former U.S. Marshal and ex...
0: In Big Bear Mountain, he was tracked to a cabin. And this is not in police protocol either. You don't burn a cabin down with the suspect in it. That's not what you do. But you clearly hear it on police radio that that happened. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, yeah, that is crystal clear. They burned
0: him to the ground inside that cabin. Does that make sense? And you've never right. heard of this case.
1: <laughs> that ain't that ain't right. Doesn't make what Dorner did right at all, but what, no, how, what they saying, did to apprehend this person was absolutely not yeah, right.
0: Yeah, I want right. to know what everyone thinks about this case. I know I didn't dive way deep in it because I don't want to make those seven episodes, but why has no one heard of this case? Why has they? Why have the LAPD got no kickback from burning down a cabin when they clearly did and killed someone innocent? They shot up all well, these. Well, he's other, not necessarily well, not innocent. innocent. In no, I didn't mean to say that. Trend, but, but but you don't you that that is murder. You don't yeah. do that yeah. ever. And you can clearly hear him say, "Burn the fucker down." They bring in the SWATs. They throw the the grenades in the, the uh, incendiary great grenades in there, and they burn it down. Right there and his own police radio, is captured on camera. You still never heard about it. No one's ever gotten in trouble for it. No one's ever got fired for it. You don't even hear what Chris Dorner says. You hear, the only time you hear Chris Dorner is through Dave Chappelle's mouth. And if you look at the crowd, they're like, who? Who the fuck's he talking about? Chris mm. Dorner? They're in California. They so don't know who that is. When
2: they, when they, lit, when they lit the cabin on, they, they did it in such a way that there was no chance of him being able to escape.
0: There was a body burned beyond recognition. Now this is a lot of people think he's still out there because um mm. they say you can't corner Dorner. That's what it says. Oh god. And then the other one is um the other side is Crispy Dorners.
1: No, oh, that's terrible.
0: Um but the body was burned beyond recognition, but his driver's license was plastic, like your driver's license was in pristine shape inside the cabin. So that's kind of weird in of itself. But the main reason, the main thing is they burned down a cabin with the suspect in it. Yeah. And that that ain't right. No. So, I mean, a lot of people think that they're trying to cover it up and it does look like they're trying to cover it up. There's no doubt about it. I mean, the way they shot that one truck and everything else. I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think?
1: They're trying to take it into their own hands, and that's not the job of the police. The job is to bring somebody into custody, uh, and you're innocent until you're proven guilty. Stand trial that in front of a jury of your peers. It's the whole legal system. Like just well, because it, le-
0: the legal system doesn't work. You no. know that. But the, here's, the, here's the problem. That I'm doesn't to, mean that it's know up to it the police to, to then go
1: put it into their own hands. What, it's the exact opposite of what...
0: What I, I know, I know, I, I know. What what I'm trying to say is, most likely, Chris Dorner filed the report correctly, and he filed the report because that really did happen. No one denies that. Even the board of review said that probably did happen. But I can't go against you know Teresa Evans. They that is proven. So he did use the system, as Dave Chappelle has said. He went through the system, and the system failed him. Mm-hmm. Not that he's a hero, but the system doesn't work, apparently. That's what I'm trying to get everyone to think about. The right. system does not work. So what do you do? Now, should you go out and go on this killing spree? Absolutely not. You should should never kill innocent people. And, and like the people that were in the cabin, the elderly couple, he didn't harm them. the The man in the the yacht, he didn't harm him. He just tied him up. Was well, Saturday, February ninth, two thousand thirteen. There's a manhunt at Big Bear Mountain. They know that they know he's in Big Bear Mountain. And uh, Sunday, February tenth, they start searching Big Bear Mountain let see, going to Tuesday, February 12th, he steals a vehicle from a cabin owner, and he doesn't hurt them at all. But uh, two state wildlife officers, this is 1245 p.m., two state wildlife officers see a man resembling Dorner driving down Highway 38. A pursuit begins. Gunfire is exchanged. The pursuit quickly leads to a cabin in a collection of mountain rental homes of incorporated whatever. Um, some 500 rounds of gunfire have been exchanged and one sheriff's deputy is killed and another is injured. And that's where the standoff begins. And I'm reading this from NBC, Los Angeles. They shoot tear gas into the cabin. They knock down the walls of the cabin and then they throw in some sort of incendiary devices and they burn it down. So number of victims four. So the two, Monica Kwan and then her future husband, the random cop that was driving, which you saw the dash cam video, and he shot a couple other cops, but they survived. And then that one wildlife and game officer that uh, was on Big Bear Mountain, they spotted him. The chase ensued. They, you know, chased him to the cabin. As soon as they walk across the street, then the, the guy gets shot and he's dead. And actually, you can see. The guy that did the YouTube video, you can see the blood still on the pavement. It's kind of creepy. But um, yeah, so that's the Chris Dorner story. It's an insane story. It was extremely hard to research. And I'm sorry if it didn't flow very well. It was really hard to research. It was a lot to that story, a lot. And I know I didn't hardly cover half of it, but.
4: No, it was really
0: anything. Anything you want to say? No. Yeah.
1: I'm curious what the rest of the Dave Chappelle skit was other than that.
0: Oh, we can watch it. I mean, he, he just basically breezes over it because, you know, he talks about he was a, he was mentioned in the manifesto. And I'll put the manifesto on talkmore.com, But a lot of a lot of celebrities were mentioned in the manifesto, like a lot. I think Ellen DeGeneres was mentioned. It was crazy. It was like I, and he told Bradley Cooper, I'm it sucks, man. I'm not going to be able to see Hangover 3. It's like, dude, what? It's just insane, Weird. man. It's insane. I'd really like to know what you guys think. Um, obviously the LAPD needs, needs some review here, obviously. Um, obviously that does not, uh, give anyone a warrant to kill anybody, especially innocent people, but he's not a hero. He's not a victim. I mean, he may have been a victim of that particular incident and the system doesn't work, obviously. So what do you guys think out there? Like, what do you think he should have done? You know, he lost his... His, uh, he lost his military career. He lost his police officer career. His life was ruined. Yes. But what do you think a better option was any option that would have had a successful outcome for him instead of doing what he did to clear his name? I would love to hear you guys thoughts about it. You can put it on the YouTube video if you're watching the YouTube um, channel or whatever. And, uh, we, you can talk to us there. Go to the blog talkmore.com and leave me a comment because I really want to know what you guys think about this episode one more thing if you guys want to start podcasting or learning how to do audiobooks and be freaking rich like me then go to propodcaster.com and send me a message and we'll hook you up so that's all I got.
1: I don't know what I would have what alternative I would suggest at this point
0: yeah I don't, I don't know how to think
1: about it It's
0: crazy it, you know it's really crazy I'm telling you why have you not heard of that story? Nuts.
1: There's a lot of stories I haven't heard of. Though. I know,
0: but good Lord, dude. <laughs> Holy shit. The biggest manhunt since Osama bin Laden. Nobody's heard of it. Anyway, that's uh, my story on Christopher Dorner. You have heard this first on Talkmore.com. No one else has done it, so you're welcome. Be sure to subscribe if you're not. And until next time, my name is John Hewer, Jen, and Nicole. Until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people.